Welcome to the Multiverse of Badness. Kind of. This is a special drop. Where we're going to talk about the last two episodes of Stranger Things. It's going to be short. It's going to be sweet. More quick, fun discussion. But hey, the review's going to go where the review's going to go, baby. And warning, this is going to be chock full of spoilers. Just a shit ton. So if you don't like spoilers, just go ahead and leave. But before we go any further, I want to speak about Zach, who is not here again today. And even though he loves my chemical romance, I can't speak to whether he likes Portugal, the man, but I can verify that man is in Portugal. So he's MIA for this episode. He'll be back very soon for a review of the infant terrible, but in his place. I reached out to the only podcaster I know that can make the Kessel run in under 12 parsecs. One of the fastest, one of the most dangerous podcasters in the business we have. Joey DiCarlo from the So Wizard podcast. Thank you for being here, Joey. How are you doing today? What's going on, everybody? It is great to be here. I love the show. Anytime I can get myself onto my one of my favorite shows, I will uh, will jump at the at the bits any, anytime. I love to hear myself talk. So, you know, now it just puts me back in my listening rotation. So. <laughs> well, I love me some me and I love me some you. So this is going to be a lot of fun. We had you on for an episode involving Obnoxio the Clown, which we had a dandy time talking about. And we're going to talk about the last two episodes of Stranger Things. And um, let's have some fun. We're not going to go as deep dive as some of the shows. We're going to try to keep this again short and sweet. Just going to ask some surface questions and talk about some of the cool shit that happened. Because let's be honest, Stranger Things, it's a visual masterpiece. And like the multiverse of madness, I believe these two things are going to push horror forward in the public zeitgeist. 10 years. I love how horror is being involved in regular TV shows and movies now. It's crazy. It's just one of those things where it's super nerdy and it's just crossed over to where there's women, 50 year old women in your office are asking you about Robert England and stuff like that, <laughs> that they should have no concept with. Um, and it just brings up so many cool horror concepts and visuals and references. And these are all weird things that you and I just pick it up like that. Like, Oh, it's got a flamethrower in the, in the Arctic. It's like the thing, <laughs> but these are things for um, the mainstream normies getting into stuff like this is always fun, especially at our age, knowing that these are the same people that probably would make fun of us uh, <laughs> 35 years ago for liking any of this stuff and think we were weirdos. And now are uh, talking to us about alternate dimensions and things like that. So it, oh, it's yeah. always very interesting to see, what crosses over and what doesn't <laughs> <laughs> so yeah if you guys want to know what cool is just keep listening to so wizard keep listening to the oh, multiverse boy. of badness and we promise we're bringing sexy back i don't know where we're taking it back to but we're, we're definitely <laughs> taking it somewhere <laughs> yeah you probably don't want to follow just wait until we get there and, and join in right. about 15 years later right <laughs> so First question, Joey, and I've got an answer for this. It's going to touch on a lot of what you were saying, but visually, what was your favorite scene in these last two episodes of Stranger Things? Um, I mean, it's pretty simple, and it's going to be Eddie playing guitar oh, on top of the day. trailer, which, in my opinion, is probably the best scene in the entire series. So yeah. <laughs> it was just amazing. It was badass. It was great. I like it better than uh, Kate Bush uh, running scene, oh, yeah. just because I never liked Kate Bush. So, mm -hmm. like, I completely understand Vecna there. Kate Bush is playing incessantly. You're like, you know what, Max, just get get out of here. Just leave. I don't <laughs> want to listen to Kate Bush anymore. I hate it. And 
you know, this was much better, more of the type of music that I like. And it was just a great scene. It was just so badass and out of nowhere. So I, that was probably my favorite scene in the whole fourth season altogether, not just these last two episodes. So. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. And this might be my favorite scene all year or maybe in the last several years. And don't get me wrong, there were some great scenes in here. I loved Young Eleven. I don't know who the actress was, but when she's just sitting there with the blood coming out of her eyes and standing over bodies, I'm like, this is intimidating. And even when Max in the last episode gets completely contorted, it feels different mm. when it's a main character, when it's just kind of like some passive character, you're like, oh, well, he died, she died. But then when you see one of your main characters that you spent years developing, just get body broken, blood out of the eyes, you're like, shit. You know, and then, of course, Murray torching the Demogorgon pit is amazing. But again, back to Eddie. I mean, shit, I was a mid 80s metalhead. And like you were saying, what people would make fun of now and, you know, Metallica at the mm -hmm. time, people are like, ah, you're just a big old devil worshiping nerd. And then it's like now Metallica is going to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame if they're not. You know, <laughs> I got to admit, watching this scene, the hair of my arms was just up. <laughs> I was like, this is great from Dustin turning the amp up and it's not perfectly grounded. It's just so pure metal guitar and Eddie just fucking slays it. It was just great to see in any kind of 80s flashback to have the metalhead kid not be just the random bully mm -hmm. or an asshole. Like, yeah. Because that's that's generally the the stock for that. I mean, God, I don't know if you watched the absolutely horrendous movie 8-Bit Christmas. Oh, yes. I did. Uh, of course, you have the generic <laughs> metalhead kid who is the bully. It's, it's like every single thing. And it was just nice to have this kind of turn that on its head for once. Because you know what? Uh, metal is awesome. So <laughs> not everyone that listened to it was a big giant bully. Most of us were actually big wusses that were getting bullied by other people. So Yeah, exactly. Like Eddie. I loved Eddie because he's confident, but he was just himself, man. You got to love seeing mm -hmm. a character that when they brought him in, like you said, it's like this kid's going to be the asshole. It's like, no. And of course they kill him. So, you know, thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah. yeah, that's obligatory. Stranger Things is going to fall into certain tropes, of course. What do you think was mm -hmm. like the laziest part of the writing in the last two episodes? And what do you think was the best part? I And this is going to sound weird, but I think the laziest is that nobody died. Obviously, this is going to have a happy ending. Obviously, um, this <laughs> we're not watching like, you know, a Serbian film or something like but uh, like stakes wise, like the main cast keeps growing. Mm -hmm. And they're never like even Max like survived. So not that I wanted her to die, but right. somebody needed to feel the consequence because next season, obviously it's last season, but next season, my expectation is that any new character that comes in is fair game, but great value. <laughs> Molly Ringwald might not make it through the season, but obviously like everyone else will. And I know you don't want to anger the fans, blah, blah, blah. And just th there needs to be some higher stakes because right now it just feels like it's always going to work out right. at the end, which is good. I mean, I know it's kids, there's kids and it's, in theory, it's a family show. It's it, it skirts the edge quite a bit, <laughs> especially this season. But in theory, it's a show the whole family watches together. So you don't want to have just Vecna like ripping uh, children's arms and legs off. But at the same time, there has to be some danger at some point. Yeah, at least children, you know, and care about. He does. They don't seem to mind <laughs> killing every other random child now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they were they were pretty brutal this season, too. This felt a lot more uh, going in that direction of horror. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was most of it was a riff on Nightmare on Elm Street, to be honest with you. Um, even in part one, when people are getting killed by him, when they're like <laughs> and their arms and legs are twisting around, that was not something we really saw on the show in the no. past, especially I think last season, season three was more like wacky fun. 
um, with yeah. the ice cream shop and oh the Russians and yeah it was scary but it wasn't like this this kind of took it to another level mm-hmm. a little more mean spirited but I, I just wanted to see some consequences yeah. eventually we're going to have a gang of like 35 kids and everyone has plot armor <laughs> I don't want any of the kids to die I love all the characters uh, I, I was a little disappointed in Will's painting also yeah so I was really hoping it was going to be like naked Mike in like the woods <laughs> or something <laughs> <laughs> Mike flying through the air with just a fig leaf on or something, wow. but <laughs> yeah, tropiest. I think you nailed it. I'm going to get the exact point I hated the most. Max died. Consequences felt like they occurred. And Eleven's like, nah, you're alive again. So you died, but it opened the gate, but now you're alive. She's going to wake up. Her arms are just going to be a mess. And I don't even know how she recovers from that. But she can't die. And it's mm-hmm. kind of, don't get me wrong, Eleven's super powerful. But how powerful do we need her to be? I will agree with that because i that's another thing that I kind of dislike about it is just the Eleven deuce ex machina where I wanted to see the other kids confront Vecna. I wanted them to have a battle with him or a fight like they bought. All, we had went through uh, 45 minutes of them buying weapons and guns and making weapons and blah, blah, blah. And then at the end of the day, they just threw two uh, Molotovs at him. And that was the end of it. And Eleven did yeah. everything else. But I don't know how real how realistic a show like Stranger Things <laughs> is anyway, but how realistic that is for them to like f- fight a big monster like that. But even when they did fight him, it was like, they threw a Molotov at him and stood there. And I'm like, throw another one. You don't, first of all, you don't have to light the second one because he's already on fire, but do something. You know, Steve has an ax, chop his head off, uh, throw more Molotovs at him, start shooting him. Uh, you know, I was waiting for, for more to happen and they literally just lit him on fire and stood there. I really like Vecna versus the Mind Flayer. I thought he mm-hmm. was more tangible as a villain. He just didn't feel like, okay, now we have some cougar hunting redneck dirt bag of a brother that's really kind of the bad guy here. We got well, a, Mike's mom is pretty hot though. She's so. not not hot. I'll put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, wouldn't kick her out of bed for eating crackers. You know? Yeah, she she brings the business. But as far as it really felt like it was tangible. Now Vecna felt like a real villain. It was kind of a throwback to season one with the Demic mm-hmm. Oregon when you felt like he's here. This is dangerous now versus. With the mind flare, it was like it was always dangerous, but it just kind of felt a little disjunct at times to me. Mm-hmm. But as far as Vecna, what did you think about Vecna overall? I thought it was fine. I even liked it without the tie-in to Eleven. I just liked mm-hmm. him as a villain. It was nice to, like you said, have a tangible villain that can actually interact with them instead of being some abstract right. uh, thing in the sky or cloud of dust or whatever that is i gotta sit down and like puzzle out the mythology in my head because we thought the mind flayer was the main bad guy and now it turns out he isn't and i don't know how much of the upside down stuff and like what it is is really going to be laid out and explained or if it's just going to be like don't worry about it right you know like don't worry about it you got a cool show don't worry about it because like, <laughs> it reminds me a lot of um uh, we just reviewed the black phone on uh on our show and it was a good show. It was a good movie. And But if you think about it too much, right. if you scratch at it too much, all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, what about this? Wait, what, what about this? Why didn't they do this? Uh, I'm starting to feel that way about the Upside Down's backstory. Right. Uh, I agree. Did it, did it exist? Did it not exist? Why are there demo dogs there? Why are there demo gorgons there? Why is the Mind Flayer there? Why didn't they leave before? Could the demo gorgon leave before? Could the demo gorgon not leave before? <laughs> was it able to open portals? Was it not open open portals? If the demo gorgon could open a portal and come out and kill Barb in season one, then what did the mind flare need anything to do with like, you're scratching you're scratching too yep. deep Joey, exactly exactly the, so 
for me, I just want to enjoy it for what it is. And that sounds bad because I think this is a great show. It's just, Mm -hmm. and I also don't need the show to stop in season five for like 30 minutes and have like Papa come out with a pointer and a whiteboard and be like, all right, viewers, we're going to explain everything to you. (laughs) This is what happens here, 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 so that people will stop complaining. But I also don't want to have to read the 15 expanded universe novels either to understand what was happening. I feel like Matthew Modine must have something over the Duffer brothers because I was done with this character a couple seasons ago. And every time he's on the screen, I'm like, this is exhausting. And if I want my Paul Reiser, I want him in the boys this season. I don't want him here. So as far as everything else goes, I would agree with you 100% about kind of scratching the surface. We talked about that when I was watching with my family because my wife, who's normally let things slide, she's even starting to pick mm-hmm. up the store. She's like, well, why didn't they just do this? And I'm like, just I think I even stole it from you because you mentioned on the black phone, don't scratch at the surface too much. I was just like, just sit back and enjoy it. We can worry about mm-hmm. the semantics of it later because yep. it's not going to make perfect sense. And that's okay. It's it's fun. It stayed fun this season. Obviously, they section people off. Yeah. With a cast this size, you have to. Yeah. yeah. Who did you enjoy watching the most? Who did you feel like you didn't enjoy watching? And do you feel like any of them were almost lost in the shuffle? Eddie and uh, Dustin was probably my favorite sure. pairing of anybody. Um, I liked uh, Nancy, Steve, mm-hmm. and... Robin, yep. uh, I, I love the actress that plays Robin. I think she's smoking hot. So mm-hmm. anytime she's on screen, I'm happy. <laughs> but that story to me was the best one. Anything involving them back in Hawkins, I yeah. love. And that's 80s tropes. But, you know, I like seeing them make the weapons and go shopping for the guns. <laughs> and then they go charging into Vecna's uh, hive or whatever. There's so many references to other al- movies like Aliens and The Thing and all that stuff. I loved all of it. But most of the stuff with... Uh, Mike and Will was was rough. Mm-hmm. And I understand Eleven had to get her powers back. Yeah. It, but some of that felt draw, drawn out too. Like I agree with you. I'm so sick of Matthew Modine in this. Like I'm glad he got killed. <laughs> I don't mind Paul Reiser. I'm happy he's getting paid. Uh, it's right. nice to see him getting some money again. No. Uh, but it's always it's nice to see him. Like any of yeah. those type of actors come back and, mm-hmm. and do stuff. The Russia stuff was a little rough. Um it took a while to finally connect. Mm-hmm. I didn't complain too much about it when it was happening. It wasn't super interesting, mm-hmm. but I knew it was eventually going to go somewhere and it did. And it got much, it was much better these last two episodes than it was in the first half. Right. But it took a while to get where it was going. But yeah, I, I think just about anything involving um, Mike and Will and the pizza guy and Jonathan yeah. was, was a little rough. But it almost felt like they didn't know what to do with them. No. You know, once we've got Eleven in the in the bunker getting her powers back, they're basically just driving around in circles doing yeah. nothing for almost the entire season. Yeah, I think that you're you have the same opinions I do. It's the Eddie and <laughs> Dustin, of course, the Steve, Robin, and Nancy. I love the Steve actor. He was a guy I thought I'd never love, but he really seems to bring out the best in anything he does. And actually, I didn't mind Max when she was with them. But Lucas felt like he was a little bit, he drove some of the plot, but it felt like the guys chasing them was a bit disjunct as well Mm -hmm. as the Russian thing. I actually liked Murray and shoot, what's the lady's name? Murray and Winona Ryder. We'll just say, I can't think of her name at the moment. When they were together, I loved that pairing. And when Hopper was with Dimitri, I loved that pairing. And I loved when Yuri came in, but when all five of them got together, it just ground to a halt for me. It ceased being fun. I didn't like Hopper. Jonathan was completely abused this season. They didn't even use the guy. I mean, he was like yeah. a main character for season after season. He's got this relationship with Nancy. They hinted that that was going to be a big issue this season, and it just went unresolved. Yeah. Argyle enough, but he was the new guy that survived. Why not le- kill that guy and give us Eddie? You know, I mean, it's really that easy. Yeah. 
And the will thing, I get it. I know what they're trying to do with it. I don't disagree with it. But I think that as a casual viewer, you might not get that if you're not kind of hip with the internet and you almost have to dig a little deeper than you want to. Yeah. And the problem with Will with that to, to have that be the storyline is that we just went through that with Robin. Robin so, true. Yeah. So yeah, the big oomph of her character in season three is her coming out at the end. Mm-hmm. Are we going to do that again? And that's not to be unfair to whether he's gay or not. It's just right. like it feels redundant. You know, yes. I mean, we're not going to do the same thing over again. So they got to think of something to do with him. Yeah. Uh, and besides getting him a new haircut, they got to think of something to do with <laughs> I him. I don't know. So. I kind of love the haircut. <laughs> I like the idea of him just being like, you know what? I just want to hang out with my friends. Yeah. I don't want to grow up. I want to play D and I'm so sick of this shit. And he won't even change his haircut. Like, you know, yeah. he just wants to live in the past and be that kid with a bowl cut and, and yeah. play D and D with his friends. He don't want to go on dates or fight monsters. He just wants to hang out. I mean, they got to do something with them. Yeah. So. I don't think any of them really want to fight monsters. They're just kind of forced <laughs> to. Well, I'm speaking here now because you're talking season five. What about season six or season seven or a spinoff show? Let's assume for a second the upside down's closed. The kids are just back to normal. What spinoff show do you want to see? Involving the kids or the adults, anything. I want it to end with season five. So for me, when I think of a TV show as being perfect or, you know, something I want to put in my top five of all time, I want, I can't have that thing where I go, you should check out Lost, but uh, half of season two sucks. All of season three sucks. The end sucks. And maybe a quarter of season seven sucks. Like that's not a show that gets on the list. It doesn't matter. And it, not to open that can of worms, but I think the first season of Lost is one of the best single seasons of genre television there is. Huh. But the rest of it is so bad that it just retroactively makes it crappy. Um, so it's not something I can recommend. So if they're going to end it with season five and they have a story, that's it. Just end it. Like, oh. just end it. Whether and, I, and keep the quality high. I think this is is angling to be in my top five mm-hmm. shows of all time. I just can't put it there yet because i don't know how it's going to end yeah if it's going to end with uh, 11 and a giant magic bathtub stopper on the island then this might not this night might not make it but if they're gonna do a spinoff i'd love to see um you know these kids have their happy ending and go away um we can restart in uh the 90s maybe in like a different town or even put it in hawkins in the the night late 90s Uh, all the kids are excited for the phantom menace and you know, something happens. We can have uh, some kid dressed like uh, Neo, you know, like <laughs> it would be interesting or move it somewhere completely different. Put it in like late 90s, like South Central Los <laughs> Angeles. Take the basic concept and just go somewhere completely wild and different with it. That would be interesting. Or, you know, wait 10 to 15 years and Mike and Eleven's kids are going to have to do this again. So, yeah, I, I just I don't want to see, uh, you know the Dustin show or some ridiculous <laughs> stuff like that. That's going to ruin the brand, but we all know how this works. They're not right. going to let stranger things sit on a shelf for uh, 15 years. It's going to be something. It's it's going to be something. It's going to be the Lucas basketball hour or something. It's going to pop up. <laughs> Where he sits on the bench the whole season and hits the winning shot. Yeah. Now that yep. is tropey, but as far as right. what I want to see things, the college years, something, you know, <laughs> What I wouldn't mind seeing is because I mentioned this even on Twitter is that I want to see these kids have their happy ending. I want to see them enjoy high school. But the truth was two things. First off, they're going to be 25 by the time this is done. Yeah. Second, yeah, Lucas already looks like he should be playing like Max's stepdad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But not only that, 
when they actually focused on high school this year, it reminded me how bad high school was, but not only it ramped it up to, yeah, no pun intended. It took it up to 11 because doinks, but they actually treated her just it's it's the worst I've seen a character ever treated anywhere on television ever. I mean, it was just awful the way she was treated the whole city's laughing at her the whole town's laughing at her did that happen in the 80s did they like (laughs) knock kids down throw milkshakes all over them like i know bullying's always existed but was that like is it like another level like that you know they went sporadically but it wasn't like the whole class turned against the kid it was laughing and pointing was in on it now there's always one asshole kid there's always you know you got you got like the you got like the bully parent being like raising their bully child like back in my day we didn't have the internet we used to knock kids down and throw milkshakes on them (laughs) that's just what we did damn it that's right at the roller ring (laughs) the whole town beat up some poor little girl (laughs) get me my bush light on my marlboros unfiltered (laughs) that's right yeah but i wanted to see them have fun i wouldn't mind and i know you mentioned a feel-good story with dustin even he's starting to look a little old but i wouldn't mind seeing even if you don't have any of the main characters or even if you only have maybe cameos I wouldn't mind seeing a show about the Hellfire Club and how it kind of grows this nerdy collaboration of kids playing D&D, doing pop culture things that are kind of ahead of their time, getting on the Internet, enjoying computers, playing video games, just being kids, even if they're only six episodes a season. Just have some fun with this concept, because at times Stranger Things does feel somewhat like you don't feel like the kids are ever getting a happy moment. They're always fighting. They're always being bullied. I just want to see some happiness come out of this show. That's it. Yeah. Well, I mean, even in, with the time skip between season three and four, they didn't have a happy ending because Eleven, she got to go to school and just be Jane, but she's also bullied to right. hell the whole time and had no friends. So uh, it would be nice. I, even though I just said I want to see everybody die um, at the end, <laughs> uh, it would be nice. They're going to get their happy ending. And I, it needs to just be a happy ending. We yeah. need to be like freeze frame and it'll be like Dustin uh, married, whatever her name is. And they say, watch never ending story on repeat <laughs> forever. And then freeze frame 11 and Mike went off and, and had kids named 12, 13 and 14. Um, <laughs> and there's a new Wanda vision. So that's right. So as far as anything else, anything else you want to add? I think we've covered the simple question. Just having fun talking about this because I think, and you know, again, wasn't a deep dive, but anything you want to add deep, not deep, something you like, something not deep, but you know, I thought Lucas, um, even though we said, you know, he didn't have much to do. I thought the scene where Max died, he did amazing in that. That was great. That was a heartstring puller. Mm -hmm. I liked Argyle, but all, 90% of anything he did could have been just done by Jonathan. So I'm not really sure like what the point of him was other than some jokes. I still love season one. I think that's still my favorite season because it's really just about these kids versus one monster and it's really self-contained. So they, you know, it, it's it, just one monster running around the neighborhood and it's not like a giant chasm open down main street in town and like like i think it, it's it's growing exponentially and i still love it but i i do miss that kind of more intimate kind of feeling from season one where it was just like 
small group of kids versus one monster. Right. Um, when we're fighting giant monsters and clock houses and all this stuff, it, it's great. And I loved it. But man, I, I do miss a little more of the intimacy of the first season. But this was great, man. Season four is great. This is yeah. the best season since the first one. Um, and I liked the other two. So don't get it twisted. Uh, I'm just hoping they stick the landing. If they can stick the landing, like I said, this is going to be one of the best shows of all time. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think the things I would say is as far as scratching the surface, they're going to have to be careful not to pull a Dexter on season five, because I always say with Dexter is I'm willing to take some leaps of faith to get to the end. But when it gets where I've gotten too many leaps, I'm like, no, I just can't watch this anymore. I think that they haven't taken so many, but if you scratch the surface, there are some kind of, uh, it gets a little lost. So yeah, don't scratch the surface. And I think season five will be good. The other two things that I want to add is number one, I'm not sure. I guess it was pacing wise. They felt the way the story cut up, they wanted nine episodes, but some of these episodes were two and a half hours long, an hour and 45 minutes long. I felt like if they just broke it up a little better, we could have ended up with 14, 16 episodes, you know? And then finally, the last thing is I am 100% convinced Eddie Munson is related to Roy Munson from Kingpin because the entire town hates him. I know the Duffer brothers, they love Easter eggs. So they had to kind of make Eddie a Munson. Of course, there's so many little Easter eggs hidden throughout this whole series. So I wouldn't put it by them at all. (laughs) So that is it. So as far as everything else goes, thank you for listening. And I'm going to let Joey tell you a little bit more about So Wizard, if he would like, how to reach him on the socials, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's pretty simple. We are a bunch of nerds. It's it's shocking. I I know we're a bunch of nerds that review movies and TV shows on a podcast. So it's it's a wild, crazy, new, unseen concept before. And uh, you can find us at SoWizardPodcast.com. And that's got links to everything, the podcast, all our YouTube video content and everything else, all our socials and stuff there. So just hit up the website. Come check us out. We are weekly uh, audio podcast and God, probably like three or four videos a week on YouTube on top of that, plus TikTok and every, it's exhausting, but we do it for, <laughs> for you, the listeners. And, and I do have a long list I'm building of horrible comics for the next time you have me on the show oh. to do a book. So. Oh, definitely. We would have you on every week, but unfortunately <laughs> that would make you have a second podcast and considering all the work you do already. Yeah, I can't get divorced over podcasts. So yeah, especially not over bad comic books. <laughs> but yeah so wizard one of my favorite podcasts weekly listen even if i haven't seen the movie i listened to the black phone and i realized it's probably a good movie but one that wouldn't interest me so it saved me some money good on me there you go but yeah um joey's awesome he's been doing this i think four years straight without a break is that true uh it'll be eight years straight without a break in august damn dude so last we, week of August 2014 was when we started. So. Okay. Yeah. For some reason, I thought maybe you had a break in there for a minute, but I guess you have it eight years straight for the listeners, yep. for the love of the game. As far as I am, uh, I've had a podcast before. I quit doing it. I had another podcast before. Quit doing it. This is the third <laughs> time. It's a charm. I have a lovely co-host who I promise will be back for the next issue slash episode. We're going to review the infant terrible from fantastic Four number 24. And that should drop on Hulk Hogan Day, I believe, July 4th here in the United States. This may come out a day before. It may come out on um, Hulk Hogan Day. So, yeah, eat your vitamins, uh, kiss the pythons, wave the flag, brother. It comes crashing down and it hurts inside and listen to this episode. (laughs) (laughs) But you can check out the Multiverse of Badness on all podcasts, chasers, slash Apple, slash Spotify. Reach us out on Twitter at Multiverse of Bad. Send us an email at... 
Eddie Munson, Slang Master of Puppets, for your pleasure at multiverseofbadness.com. Otherwise, thank you again, Joey DiCarlo from the So Wizard Podcast. And again, this is Mike. And we'll say this, even though it's not the show, we're going to let you lead out. Tune in next time to Multiverse of Badness. Somebody's got to say it. I can't.